Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. LMFM Podcasts with CNC Carpets. We bring the showroom to you. Or you can book a personal consultation at our fabulous new showroom in Moortown, Dramiskin. Call 087-660-40-237 or visit our website at cnccarpets.com to book an appointment. CNC Carpets for all your carpet and wood flooring needs. So, in your book, who is the greatest soap character of all time? Tell us now. Yeah, some of you were telling us yesterday and overnight as well, but do it now. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. That's 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Who is, in your book, the greatest soap character of all time? I'll come back to what you've been saying so far, and there's quite a sweep and a big selection of Irish and UK stars. But a star of our own who played the part of Biddy Byrne, Nee McDermott from 1983 to 2000 on Glen Rowe is on the line. Hello Mary McAvoy. Hello, how are you Jerry? How's it going? I'm great. Thank you for joining me today on the show. Um, do they still call you Biddy? Do you still get Biddy at times? Yeah, less so of later years but I do, yeah. People are still bemused why it was taken off, I think. <laughs> they think I might have an answer, but I would be as bemused as they were, but, though I don't know, you know. And tell me this, um, when you reflect on the time you spent on the show and all the great people you worked with, what was it like working with Joe Lynch and Mick Lally and the likes? Actually, they were all just... It was like... Anyone who's ever in Glen Row will tell you that it was the happiest time of their life like it was it was a kind of a really golden time everybody got on we all had good laughs the crew were great it was it was very very special and I mean I got to work not only with Joe and Mick but Cyril Cusack David mm. Kelly you know like Gabriel Byrne like so many like big big stars, you know? Yes. And, you know, for you as well and the part you played, it was central to it and we were getting your name in here as one of the greatest soap stars of all time, let me tell you. No, I don't think Biddy was liked that much. I mean, <laughs> necessary. Well, you know, they... to, to feel sorry for Miley, but I don't think she was particularly liked. <laughs> well, you know, you're coming up in dispatches all these years later, I have to tell you. And, yeah. you know, with soaps and, and how they are such a part of people's lives, do you ever watch any of the soaps that are on today yourself? No, I don't. I used to I used to be a mad Coronation Street fan, but I'm, I'm kind of sick of the sort of 
really over dramatic plots. I loved the comedy of yes, um, you know, of um, Coronation Street. Like you know, there was Fred Elliott and um, oh, what was his name? The the supermarket guy. What was it? The Reg Holdsworth. Yes, and, you know, all of those guys. Uh, you know. It was wonderful, wonderful um, comedy in them and great actors, you know, they had mm. big conversations, you could see that. Not saying the actors aren't good, I just think this whole kind of, you know, who murdered who or who's talking who. Yes. And, and, I, and I do understand that, that, that soaps can shine light on issues that may not get the traction in other places, you know. But I think the issue-driven thing is... It's, it's sucking all the humour out of it, you know what I mean? Yes, and I, I'd say there's quite a number of people would agree with you uh, on that point. D- look, you remember the, what I'm going to say to you now. The time Miley had the uh, the, the role in the in the hay of the straw with Fidelma, yeah. what a Ferrari that caused. I'm sure you remember it. I know, it was a, it was a weird time, you know? Like, when you think about it, well, it wasn't a weird time, but it was like... It's so different to now. Like, it was so innocent. It was so nothing, you know. And um, Eunice McMenamin, you know, she got a bit of a time for being the Scarlet Woman. Nobody was blaming Miley. They were all blaming her. (laughs) But also the other Scarlet Woman, uh, which was Terry. um, Yes. Kate Thompson, a beautiful actress and a beautiful woman. um, She got a rotten time, you know. She was... She got death threats and everything, you know. It, it was very nasty. Because um, people were quite naive, I think, at that time, because, you know, we didn't have multi-channel. We didn't have the showbiz culture that we have now. People kind of really got drawn in and thought it was the real thing, you know. Yeah, it was uh, It was different times completely. Oh, lovely Kate. I've interviewed her a few times as well as Terry. Now you're bringing back memories for sure. Yeah, we used to look forward to seeing Kate coming to work because she dressed so beautifully. Indeed, she still dresses beautifully, but like she was always yes. so like gorgeous. You'd be looking forward to seeing what she was wearing. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Anyway, how are you getting on in the flower in the misty Midlands, Mullingar? I finished last night, and you know what happened, Jerry? And it was the loveliest thing. I was, I was so. Um, overwhelmed by it. Um, you see, I'm not touring anymore, and uh, they give me a beautiful plaque, the Mullingar Art Centre, because I kind of started my acting there, like before the famine, and and they gave me this beautiful plaque with two beautiful heads on it, like tragedy and comedy. Sean Lynch, the the, the director of the art centre, presented it to me, and I was just. Like, you know, when your own gives it to you, it means so much, like, because I'm from Westmeath and born and bred, you know? Yeah. And it was just gorgeous. The show went brilliant, and Kenny was the usual, John Kenny's the usual mad, who he is at times on stage, and we had a great time. I was kind of dreading it because I thought, oh, God, is anyone going to come? And, you know, what's it going to be like trying to get around the town and all that? But actually... So far, so good. It's been a really lovely, lovely time. Oh, that's great to hear. And well-deserved, may I say, that honour. I'm going to let you go because I know you're travelling there. One last question. Have yeah. you a favourite soap character of all time? Well, I'd say I'd have to go back to... I mean, obviously, notwithstanding my, the people in Glen Row, but I'd say I'd have to go back to, say, Beth Lynch and 
even Ina Sharples, I, I don't think anybody remembers her, but Google Ina Sharples, she was a great, strong woman, you know. Uh, they were all Corrie, Cor- Coronation Street. So they would be my kind of favourites. I loved Raquel as well. Um, Sarah Lancashire is such an amazing, serious actress, but she was fantastic as Raquel. Yeah, brilliant. Well. well, I can and tell you, I can tell you, Mary, they do and I even remember as a young fella in short pants Ina Sharples and everybody talking about her for sure she was some character she was and they were real strong women and yeah. all the characters in Coronation Street were strong women you know mm. because a lot of them were widows after the war and that was the tradition they had to just get up and carry on and oh I loved them I just I I, I, I thought they were fantastic and, oh Annie Walker was another one you know yes. they were just Superb. Ah, yes, the Diane's of the soap for sure. Mary, you're Absolutely. so good to take our call today. Thank you so much for joining me. Pleasure. Take care now. Okay. Bye-bye. 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 That's uh, Mary McAvoy on the road. Apologies for the little background uh, noise there, but uh, you got the gist of it. I'm sure we all did. Now, there you go. She mentioned, Mary mentioned Ina Sharples and uh, her name still resonates. And thank you for uh, to you who are getting in touch with us today to tell us your greatest soap character of all time. I'll give you a flavour for what's coming to us today. Uh, Elsie Tanner. Now, there's a name as well from the past. Elsie Tanner, Hilda and Stan Ogden. You know Coronation Street, it's the longest running. Annie and Jack Walker, another listener there, says to us as well, Ina Sharples, Jerry, and what about Minnie Caldwell? I can't say I recall Minnie, but uh, Ina, again, she's come up several times there. Jerry, you couldn't pass Dinny and Miley in Glen Rose, says Joe to us this afternoon. There is a bitty burn in there from somebody. That's our Mary McAvoy we were talking to a moment ago. Jerry, what about Jack and Vera Duckworth? <laughs> I laugh, I laugh, I laugh, I laugh when I think of those names. And do you know, I'm sure I'm right here. Jack and Vera in turn came to Navin to open... I think it was an exhibition in the exhibition centre there because I certainly met Vera Duckworth over there myself in Navin. I did and I had a word where that's going back, not today or yesterday, but both Vera and Jack came to Navin to open up a big exhibition over there. I'm nearly 100% positive on that. I do recall things well by times. Don't ask me who was on the show with me yesterday, my short term. I don't know where it is. Anyway, let's move on on the soap theme and welcome to Late Lunch, Margaret Hanrity. Hello, Margaret. Hello, Jerry. How are you? I'm Grant. You're very echoey there, Margaret. Where are you? Are you in the speaker no, or no? Uh, no, I was just moving out of the kitchen. The oh, radio was good, on. good woman. That's what I was getting. You see, we were reverberating there, you and me and the radio in your kitchen. You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, Margaret, thank you for joining me on the show. Well, tell them about your fascination with your soap. Well, I'm a big curry fan, Jerry. I've been watching it, I suppose you could say, this 40 years love it a bit and you just mentioned Jack and Vera there they were terrific characters and it loved mm. the two of them to bits and, but sadly those days are gone and we move on and um, I have a great time for Fizz now and her own I love them to bits and it, I have to say but anyway something I had in my bucket list always wanted to do to go to see the set of Carnation Street so I'm heading there now on the 12th of August I'm looking forward to it I'm going off with a friend Mary the two of us are heading off Oh my, oh my, I'm delighted for you. So you're actually going to the street, you're going to walk the cobbles. We are indeed, and we're going to walk into the rovers and 
possibly have a little jar hung with there, Jerry. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? And and okay. will you will you meet any? Do you think you might meet any of the cast when you're there? Well, yes, but we are going to meet one of the cast. That's part of the trip, but we don't know who, Jerry. So that could be the surprise element. Mm, brilliant! I'm sure you're all excited. I'm delighted. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. <laughs> no, no, no. When you reflect on all the years you've been watching, would, would would you make a point of never missing it? Would you record it if you were out or if you were away? How did that work for you over the years? Well, I'm a bit like um, I'll watch it maybe the repeat the next day, or yeah. then the whole omnibus edition is on on a Sunday. You can catch up with it. Yes. Or yes, of course you can record it too. Yes. Yeah, so I suppose you could have done a bit of all, but um, the family kind of know not to be ringing me when Connor's is on. I'm a bit like, <laughs> don't ring me. I'm not talking to anybody. <laughs> this, is, this is my time out, my chilling time out, Jerry. And t- today, uh, uh, Mary McAvoy was on us a few moments ago and she was just saying, she her number one was Coronation Street, even though she played a big part, as you know, in Glen Row herself here in Ireland. But her love of Coronation Street, and she was able to go through uh, the characters there. She mentioned Beth Lynch, another big character, the barmaid. I can see the hair tied up in the bun. And Raquel, she said she loved Raquel. Uh, true enough, I have to say, I loved Raquel in the two. I thought she was brilliant. And Beth also. And her loud clothes. And yes. we all remember Beth by, uh, which again was, was lovely. And yeah, she played a great part in it. Been, been behind the bar for so long. Mm. What about Gail? I have an old penchant for Gail. What do you think of Gail? I enjoy Gail too, I have to say, yes. And she's been on... <laughs> Very unlucky in, in love, that's for sure. Mm, she has yeah. indeed. And you know, the characters who are there years and years who are still on the show. It's amazing the longevity, isn't it? Ah, oh, yeah, Jerry, indeed, isn't it? Amazing how long it's been on our screens and how it has lasted over the times and moved, of course, with the storylines, etc. too. Of course, that's all part of it too, isn't mm. it? Do you remember any of the big storylines in particular? There's been some dramatic ones over the years, hasn't there, in Corrie? Especially in the last 20 years or so. Anything sick in your mind in particular? Um, oh, I'm just trying to think. Um, uh, I suppose, well, Gail and her tragic... Um, Mm. Um, ending where they ended up in the river and the car yes. on the stage. Yes, and that was pretty dramatic. And um, then there was the the crash and the and the fire and yeah, um, pretty dramatic. Mm. Yeah, didn't the train come off the tracks or something and and crash down into the buildings? I think I remember something is in the back of my mind like that as well. But there have been big ones, and of course the uh, the factory. What about the fact? What about Mike Baldwin? Oh, Mike Baldwin, yes. Um, I used to enjoy Mike and Ken with their um, storylines, yes. should we say, fighting over um, Deirdre. <laughs> Deirdre with the glasses, poor Deirdre, the mother of sorrows, huh? Yeah, poor Deirdre and Lead, yes, she'd a lot to put up with in life, hadn't she? And and then to have a daughter like Tracy. <laughs> who'd, who'd want to have a daughter like Tracy? <laughs> Do you remember Deirdre met Samir? Do you remember she had the, the fling with Samir? That's right, yes, indeed she did, yes, and he he brought her, yes, happiness for a time. Yeah, she had a busy life, hadn't she, Jerry? Oh, listen, she had a busy life, you're right. That poor woman uh, w- 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 went through the mill on that show for sure. <laughs> 
<laughs> so look, I'm going to put you on the spot before you go. I want you to pick one from all the years, one name, one character, because you are such a fan, uh, Margaret Hannity. If you had to opt for one, who would it be? I suppose I'll have to say Vera Duckworth. Ah, there you go. Well, well, well. She was a character, wasn't she? Yeah, and I know Ina Sharple has gone back. She was a brilliant very strong character too as Mary McAvoy was saying she was brilliant also but Vera I would have to say I mean I just loved Vera and Jack mm. and the camaraderie that went on between the two of them they were priceless yes great for a laugh Jerry. and to me uh, my soaps I love to sit down and watch them and chill out and there's nothing as good as sitting down chilling out and having a good laugh not at all and it is that's what it is and it keeps so many people company and going and uh, yeah. the, the, you establish this a relationship with it like you have well listen Margaret you're as now sport for joining me today and good luck and enjoy yourself when you finally arrive on Coronation Street I'm looking forward to it Jerry. and before I go can I just say hello to Keely, Grace and Emma they're in the kitchen my three granddaughters listening to me hello hello ladies lovely that you're listening to us on uh, Late Lunch on LMFM Radio today and we wish you all well thanks Margaret Take care, Thanks, yourself. Very good talking to you. Thanks very you much. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. Well, Louise, I'm actually surprising myself. You're a closet <laughs> fan. You're there. Oh no, no, I don't watch watch soap operas. No, I wouldn't. And then you're and remember this and do you remember that and do you remember him. Well, I don't watch it, but it's funny. Yeah, right. Please, please <laughs> give me a little. I don't watch it, but it's funny what you pick up. And I do say again. Jayanne Ma was my tutor in here and she used to take us through the soaps each week on a Friday afternoon as well on her soapbox and she educated me. But in our house, uh, I don't think my mother was that much of a watcher of it, but she used to have friends that had come to visit. You know the way they'd have an evening in the house and they'd have a bit of tea and that and Coronation Street would be part of it. And sure, they wouldn't let you switch the channel. <laughs> You'd be going mad with them. You know, they wouldn't. That was their religious to wa- religion to watch <laughs> the soap. Have you a soap star? Superstar? Have I used you? to watch them all. I used to, everything. I used to watch Hollyoaks, um, just absolutely EastEnders, Neighbours, the whole lot of them. But mm. now I, if I, if I get a chance, I'll watch Corrie still. Okay. And who for you? Come on, give me one name. Margaret came forward w- with the name Vera Duckworth. For I you. was going to say Simon Gregson, who plays Steve McDonald in Corrie, because I really like him. He's funny. Okay. But Mary McAvoy reminded me of Fred Elliott, who was brilliant. I say he was brilliant because he kept repeating himself. <laughs> he was brilliant. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so I think... Uh, stay with I'll Steve. Go with yeah, I'll stay with Steve. Stay yeah. with Steve if you feel it's him as well. There was a pair of them in it, brothers, wasn't there? And the father... Yes, twins. The father and the... Is the mother still in the show? Jim no. was the father. I don't know who the mother was. I can't remember her name. She's a good looking one as well. There's a lot of aerobic videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she was there too. Anyway, your soap superstar. Your soap, the greatest character that in your book, if you're a soap follower, uh, please let us know. And they're coming in by the new time. I yeah. see a lot, can I just say, of John yeah. Cowley, Tom Reardon, who was from our Bracken outside Navin. Yes. And he, yes. I think, was the godfather to either my mother or my auntie. There you go. Mm. Tom with the hat in him. I can see the hat in him still. And a, a stout man, a portent figure he was <laughs> and a great character in the Reardon's. Keep them coming. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. 
Oh, they're flying in. J.R. Ewing was a bad boy. I don't know whether I'd count Dallas as a sub. Maybe it was. Well, we're delighted to hear from you today. Kane Dingle, Jerry. Oh, the hunk that he is. Somebody there. They love him. There's hearts and everything coming with that one. Reg Holdsworth is there again. John, uh, you mentioned it. Tom Reardon is coming up. And coming up after two, we have another soap star for you. Yes, a star of yesteryear from the soap that you do know as Fair City. Keep them coming to us and we do appreciate all that are sending them in. Uh, 086-1800-658. Yes, I'm talking about who is your greatest soap character of all time. I can tell you that Hilda Ogden is heading for top of the pops. A lot of people love Hilda Ogden and she's coming to us regular. And uh, we let you know who is the most popular in our little poll here in Late Lunch before the end of the show. Now, I have a nice prize for one of you today. It's time for your TV team. That's a novel word to say. I have to change that. I'm going to say it in Irish or something next week. Anyway, your TV team. Have a listen. Here it is. Yes, do you remember it? Answers, please, to 086-1800-658. My next guest may remember it, but when I tell you she's tripping the light, fantastic, out and about signing and meeting and greeting her adoring public, because you see, her 18th novel has just been published. It's called The Love Algorithm, and I'm delighted to say hello to her again. It's been too long. Claudia Carroll, how are you? Can you hear me now, my dearest I friend? have you, loud I and clear. I am actually so sorry. I'm book signing, as you said, so that's yes. why I beg your pardon. I was actually on Zoom when um, when you were trying to reach me that time. But anyway, not to worry, technology fails me. But I just wish I was sitting opposite you in the studio, Jerry, because with you, it just never feels like an interview. It feels like I'm just having a chat with my oldest friend. Oh, Claudia. <laughs> oh, Jerry, I wish you'd have me on the program soon for like in studio the last time I was there can I give your listeners a laugh you had just been to Kylie the Mm. night before it was long before Covid Mm. and I was going that night Mm. so I think we spent most of the interview talking about Kylie (laughs) and how what big fans we are it's a long time ago it was Oh, like it must have been 2019. Yeah, I think so. Before COVID, yes. did we know what lay ahead? There you go, BC as we call it now. Before BC, COVID, very clever. <laughs> and how have you been, my friend? Ah, oh, very good. Like doing the best we can. And sure, you know yourself. We've had very few people with us uh, here in studio. But Claudia, Claudia, next time, okay. next yeah. time, oh, face to face. Okay. Oh, listen, oh, come on. You were chatting about soap operas and Hilda Ogden, because I yeah. could hear you. And uh, I, listen, I'd love to come on and chat about soaps. Hilda, I loved Hilda. And the, it was, the actress was called Jean Alexander. Yes. And do you remember the set and she had the ducks flying up the wall in the background in her <laughs> living room? <laughs> yeah. And it was hilarious. And she's a hair and rollers 
All the time. <laughs> all the whole time. And she got Samurai, Samurai, and who was the husband who drove her mad. But I remember getting, I was a kid, and I remember getting such a shock when I saw the actress playing Hilda interviewed on whatever chat show it was. Mm. And she was awfully posh. She was. She was terribly. She was so posh. She was like rather trained. And I was, I, I just remember the, the shock and the disillusionment. I was going, hang on a minute. This is Hilda. Hilda doesn't talk like that. (laughs) But you see, they said the same about Nicola Prendergast. That when you met the one that played Horsha, she's totally different. Oh, she's... Well, thank you, Jerry. I take that as a compliment. (laughs) Because I tell you, oh, I... God, I used to get a terrible time when Nicola would be on. And I still... I I kind of like to say I never really left the show Mm. because Nicola still... The way I put it is she's down in Cork now, but she'll every now and then fly in on her broomstick and stir up, stir the cauldron and cackle and cause trouble with um, Paul and Oisin. And usually when Paul, her ex, has a new um, girlfriend on the scene. And uh, who, you know, because I always think Nicola's tragedy is that the love of her life was Paul. Yeah. She never got over him. And sadly, she was very far from being the love of his life. Yes. So she doesn't like it when she sees him in a new relationship. There's always a little kind of candle there. Will they ever get back together? Because she'd get back with him in a blink. Mm. And of course, her son in her eyes does no wrong. He, even though he's trouble with the capital T. Yeah. Um, he just walks on water, does no wrong. If he committed murder, she would stand, get in the witness box and perjure herself and defend him. <laughs> so I like to say, Jerry, I went into Fair City for a week and I stayed for 27 years. As you do. So that's, yeah, there you As go. Kind you of overstayed do. my welcome. Oh, never, never. Yeah. Do you still watch it? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Listen, in COVID, it was required viewing in our house. And it was amazing because the show kept going. And I was in and out of it myself during COVID with all the regulations observed. I mean, Tony Holohan himself would have been proud. Um, We all wore masks in the scenes, in the performances. As we were doing in real life, everyone was sanitised. The cast and crew tested daily. Mm. So uh, if anyone showed a positive result, you know, and if there was a cluster effect, shut down. That was it. Yes. So, and, and the show kept going and I was so proud. I was, you know, down to Bridgie de Corsi and the production team. Bridgie de Corsi is the producer. Yes. And kept the show on the road. Don't know how they did it, but they did it. That's showbiz, so, yeah, crowd. Yeah, the showbiz because we couldn't do anything else. There was no Kylie concert for us, <laughs> Well, listen, oh. come here till we talk about this book, or our time will be gone. The love algorithm. Oh, here yeah. now, Wouldn't young like woman, it. young woman, tell me this. Oh, tell, well, this is all you. based well, on. Well, it's yes, based it's on on personal experience, isn't it? Well, a lot of it is personal, <laughs> as long as you got, <laughs> uh, but not in a very positive way, I'm afraid to say. Um, but, you know, Jerry, I'm very owl, and in my day, if you wanted to meet somebody, I'm talking about, like, kind of, you know, pre-digital era, like mm. the 90s, um, you, what did we do? You went out with your pals, you maybe met friends through your pals, um, through uh, your friends' friends, or you went out on a night out and you hoped that you'd bump into somebody at a bar and it would go from there. But I'm sure that still goes on and I still hold out hope for that. But now everything, online dating, it's just all online now. Mm. And even, I'm surprised, even Generation Z, you know, the, the age of your kids, my God kids who'd be college age and they're all meeting online and I've, yes. you know, like yourself, I'm sure I've been to weddings 
of couples who met online, devoted couples who would say, who'd be the first to say, we would never have met in the ordinary run of things because yes. our lives are so different. Maybe we live in different cities mm. or, you know, we don't work in the same industry. So it is, so I thought, right, I'm going to get into this. And how I got the inspiration, I'm often asked, how do you get the inspiration for your book? So the inspiration for this one, oh, Jerry, I'll give you a laugh. I, uh, somebody I know um, had was online dating. She's in her 40s and very successful woman, very, very together. And she met this guy online on this quite posh dating site. You know, you pay a premium fee for Yes. And uh, all was well. And normally, like what I would do myself on a first date is I would always meet for coffee. Mm. Because coffee is safe. Just from, you know, safety first, yep. all of that. And it's daytime. There's loads of other people around. And also, it's kind of time-wise half an hour. If you're not getting on, like if you're not getting on after a short amount of time, it's okay to say, actually, do you know what? I'm really going to have to go out and meeting, but lovely to meet you, and you're out of there, and that's okay. Or if you get on, maybe you'll arrange to meet again another time, mm. or, you know, coffee might turn into a drink. You don't know. Um, but anyway, this uh, particular uh, character, this particular woman in real life was like not a not fiction. This actually happened. She met a fella through this this online premium agency, and he seemed like he was quite wealthy. And for the, they were getting on really well via messages. And he suggested meeting in I won't say the name of the restaurant, but it's a very very five star posh special occasion Dublin steakhouse restaurant, where you know the bottles of wine would kind of start at like eighty quid. You know one of these places like people would go for fortieth or fiftieth or sixtieth. Yes. You wouldn't be going there every night of the week now. Um, but so he arranged to meet there for dinner for their first date. And this woman thought, wow, I think he really likes me. I mean, this is extraordinary. So they met and he came in. He was attractive. They were getting on really well. He ordered all around him. He worked in, in sports. He'd just come from a match. He was starving. He ordered all around him, loads of tapas, and then moved on to a main course. And it was big steaks, big bottle of wine. And she's vegetarian and she was driving. So she was like sipping tap water and eating a bit of lettuce. And she was thinking, you know, they're getting on really well, but she thought she's the It's going to be great crack when we get that. How are we going to work that out? So they finished eating and, you know, they were looking at dessert menus and he excused himself and disappeared off. And he said, I'll be back. And time passed, Jerry, and time <laughs> continued to pass. And it's a really popular restaurant and the waiter and there was a queue of people you could see were waiting on their tables. And the waiter very politely came over and said, I'm so sorry about this, but, you know, you actually did say you'd give us the table back by X time Mm. and, you know, other people are waiting. And she said, well, um, she kind of was a bit befuddled and she said, the gentleman I was with, would you just check if he in the men's room? So the waiter went down, checked, came back up, said, nope, not there. So she was kind of, alarm bells were ringing. She went out onto the street and just in case he was on a call or having a sneaky cigarette and he'd gone. She went back on the dating website and lo and behold, he had deleted his profile (laughs) and she got a bill for close enough to 300 euro. Close enough to it. And she'd eaten nothing. She left the restaurant hungry. And I thought that is the most staggering story I've ever heard. Like that's theft and yes. Larson, I mean, it's theft. Yeah. So I came up with this character who is an actuary, who kind of a very successful woman, 
hates being on her own, really wants to be with a partner, but sees it as just the way an actuary would, like a numbers game. Like, yeah. there are X many men in this city, there are X many women, I just have to keep doing this many dates a week, and sooner or later, something is going gonna, is gonna to fall into place. And she has this awful experience. And she decides, you know what? I'm coding. I'm, since I was like a teenager, it's the algorithms. It's these rubbishy dating website algorithms that are sending these nut jobs to me who I have nothing in common with, who, you know, one of them's a thief. He just stole from me. So she thinks, I'm going to set up a website, a dating website that actually works. So she does, and she calls it analysed. And the whole thing is that you are so carefully vetted. It's almost like a Freudian analysis before you even are allowed on the site. But she decides she needs dating guinea pigs. So she has one in her 20s, Gen Z, herself for the middle age category, and then an older um, friend who would be sort of 70s plus, because they're that generation, really active online, Mm. really, really active. And... uh, I'm not telling you anymore, Jerry. No, don't. Don't but, tell me uh, anymore. And bad it, dates are kind of make for better drama. Yes. When you're writing, you always look for the drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The no. comedy that comes yeah. out of it. And the bad dates. And I've been on a few howlers myself, Jerry. You have. Um, you have. Uh, I know we this. always make for... Oh, yes. <laughs> oh. I've been asked for money. Yes. I've been asked for a lend of money by total strangers. Stranger so that you dated and you were catfished. Yeah. Loads of times. Oh my God, so many times. I was catfished by someone who I thought was a guy who was a pilot. Uh, And whenever we'd arrange to meet up, he'd always cancel. This is before COVID. Mm. And he would say, and he would always blame, oh, my schedule, you know, because I was rerouted and we had a flight delay in in Madrid or I was in Orlando, I was doing that route or I was, it was always somewhere very far flung. And because of his career, and you see me, Egypt, what do you do, Jerry? You trust. Yes. You take people at face value. And uh, I subsequently discovered, because they, you know, after about four cancellations, I just said, look, what's going on here? And I went back to the uh, the dating website and I said, I think you need to look into this person. There's something just a bit fishy here. Mm. And it came back, I was being catfished, along with a number of other women. Yeah. Um, by, and it wasn't a man at all. It was a teenage girl <gasps> doing it. Oh my, yeah, oh my. Yeah. Oh, Claudia. And you think, why? Why, yeah. Like, it was actually why? kind of cruel because mm. I believe and you feel like such an Egypt. I know, but listen, you're not the first, you won't be the last. But Claudia, I have to leave it there today. I'll see you soon and we'll pick Jerry, up the story. Thank you. I'm so sorry. I just dominated the conversation. But, but that's you. I'll see you in person. Please, God, as soon as we can. I really do. I would love that. Good luck with the I book. you get a word in. Jerry, my special love to your family. Thank you. Take care of yourself. Until the next time. Bye, Claudia. Bye. Bye-bye. The Love Algorithm is the name of the book by Claudia Carroll. Do you want a copy? I want to give one of you a copy today. If you like her book, I have it here. It's lovely and it's a great read. She's fantastic. What character did Claudia Carroll play in Fair City? She mentioned it. I think I mentioned it earlier on. What character did she play for the book? Time for your comedy on Friday. And today it is the quintessential... Jewish New Yorker. Yes, Mr. Jackie Mason. He only died last year in July. What a brilliant stand-up comedian. How he engages with the audience. And here he is in a live scenario and he's talking about our human health. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to wish you all the very best of health. 
And I say this from the bottom of my heart because it's been a great opportunity for me to be in this country. This is a glorious country, probably the greatest country in the world today. I say it for only reason. I know that you're listening and you believe it, so I'll tell you whatever you want to hear. <laughs> and I sincerely wish you the very best of health. And that's no joke when you wish somebody the best of health. It's very hard to stay healthy in any country in the world today. I don't care how advanced the country is. It's very hard to stay healthy because they found out that everything you eat or drink is bad for you. There's nothing good. There was a time one thing was good, another thing is bad. Today, everything is bad. Even a bottle of soda. Is a soda good for you? Found out it's bad. Red meat was once the best thing in the world for you. No good, it'll kill you in a second. <laughs> Butter, the worst thing, the, it'll kill every Jew in the world in a second. <laughs> eggs, eggs was once the best, now it's the worst. You can't eat an egg any place in the world. Cake, cake will kill you, blintzes, blintzes will wipe you out. There's nothing you're allowed to eat. In this country, it's not a question of staying healthy anymore. It's a question of picking out a sickness that you like. Everything is bad. Everything is bad. Even a cup of coffee. They used to say, have a cup of coffee. Can't hurt you. Remember that? Remember anything at all, Mr. <laughs> they used to say, have a cup of coffee. Now they found out even coffee is bad. Did you read about it? They found out the latest information is that coffee has carcinogens in it. That's right. They found out that coffee causes cancer. That's right. Not only that, the caffeine keeps you awake all night. So not only are you dying, you watch yourself go. <laughs> And most people have coffee with sugar. They found out sugar will give you diabetes. So you want to avoid diabetes, you have it with saccharin. Saccharin causes cancer, so you figure you'll drink milk. Milk will kill you because of cholesterol. Now you got three ways to go you didn't even eat yet. <laughs> so you know what everybody says? Drink water. Water is the best thing in the welfare. Water, water, lots of water. Now they found out exactly the opposite is true. The worst thing you could drink is water. Did you read about it? They found out the water in this country is so polluted that a half a glass of water is comparable to two coffees, three milks, and four teas. <laughs> so you die from thirst or you pass away drinking something, no matter what. Why do you think people are eating in health food stores more than ever before? Did you read about it? Who am I talking to? <laughs> people are eating in health food stores more than ever before. Take a look into any health food store. Packed. Do you ever notice that? All the health food stores are packed. And take a look at the people in the health food stores. You ever see them? They all have one thing in common. They look sick. <laughs> the brilliant Jackie Mason bringing us our comedy on Friday on Your Late Lunch. And he is the quintessential New Yorker. And shortly, we're not going to New York. We're joining Tara Walker for a summer salad recipe. It's brilliant, I promise you. But we're staying in New York with our music now. Yes, it's Miss Alicia Keys. And... That empire state of mind. The greatest city in the world that never sleeps for sure. You can do anything you want. I'm going to close my eyes now and listen to Miss Keys and take myself back there. And great memories, great memories from the Big Apple. Episode four of Summer Salads with Chef Tara Walker, and we're heading to Vietnam today. 
Yes, Jerry. So we're going to do a lovely, crunchy, fragrant, sweet, sour, salty, spicy salad. Um, it's absolutely gorgeous. So I'm just doing this because this series was sort of a, a set of side salads as such. I'm just doing it with vegetables today. But of course, you could pop a little bit of chicken or a steak or even some prawns through this as well to turn it into a full meal. But the idea of this is, you know, things that you might have on the side of a barbecue or whatever. So I've got some rice noodles here and they're very, very thin, as you can see. Sometimes you see them written as rice vermicelli as well. So all we need to do is pop those in a bowl and I have my boiling water, my kettle here, and I'm just going to pour that over. And we're going to just let that sit now for about five minutes and then we're going to drain it. And we're going to have to really drain it well. So a little bit more attention to the draining than you might normally have because they really do soak up the water. And then if they've soaked up too much water, then your dressing gets completely kind of diluted and you want your dressing to be very, very punchy. So we'll give it a good squeeze in the sieve. So you want to put sort of 10 minutes aside for this bit, even though the actual soaking only takes five minutes. So let's move over to the dressing next. And we have some absolutely gorgeous ingredients for this. And I'm going to just squeeze some limes. I actually have my little citrus juicer out today because I need so much lime juice. So just, excuse me for a second, two limes and I'm going to get as much juice out of them as possible. I like that machine. In fact, I love it. It's a great machine. It's just a little Kenwood food processor that has the little citrus juicer attached, but it just means you get plenty of juice out when you need it. So the dressing is your typical sort of Asian balance between your sweet, sour, salty and spicy. So our sweet is just a tablespoon of brown sugar in the bowl here. And the sour is the juice of two limes. And as you can see, there's plenty of lime in that. Next up then we have some nam pla or Thai fish sauce and we want a couple of tablespoons of that but what I would say to you always taste this after you've made it. I know I'm going to give you quantities on the recipe on my Instagram page but actually you know it depends on the type of nam pla you have. Some limes are a bit more sweet than others, some are more juicy than others so just have a little taste. So what we want to do is just give that a little mix to help the sugar dissolve a little bit in the lime juice and the nam pla and then I'm going to just grate a clove of garlic into it Lovely, and you're grating that real fine. Yes, so I like a grater, but if people have, you know, a garlic crusher at home, that's what they can use. And then I'm going to grate some ginger in here as well. So that's a little bit of the spicy and a little bit of the, the sweet, really, with the ginger. And just grate that in. And I like being generous with the ginger, actually. I think it gives um, a really, really nice flavour in there and freshness. I don't know how I'm still standing here with all those aromas hitting my nasal passage. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Isn't it gorgeous? And you know something, while we're doing this for summer salads, I actually love making variations of this in the winter because if you have a bit of a, you know, when you're feeling a bit cold and tired and run down and maybe a little bit of a blocked nose or whatever, this is great. It's really refreshing and it really gives you loads of kind of nutrients as well. So I'd often have this in the winter as well. And then finally, just a little bit of chilli. And I always check the chilli first just to make sure it's not too spicy because we don't want to just bung it all in. So you're tasting that there yourself yeah. and that's important. You've done this a number of occasions in the past with me. Yeah, exactly. And I even do you remember I had a chilli plant there a few different times and some chilies would be really, mm. really mild from the plant and others would be very spicy. This one's very mild, so I'm not too bothered about taking out, you know, the little membrane and the seeds. But if it is a very spicy one, you just obviously want to go with a tiny bit. So now I'm going to have a little taste of that. Just have a tasting spoon here. And I'm just going to see how the balance of flavours is there. Maybe I need a little bit more nam pla. Maybe I need a bit more ginger. Let's have a taste. Mmm, 
it's actually lovely i'm going to pop a little bit more nampla in and that should be fine so just for anyone who's not familiar with the nampla it's thai fish sauce i usually go to the asian supermarket for it because you can get it in a really big bottle it's a bit more reasonable and i use a lot of it but you can buy it in most shops these days so that's the dressing complete now, Tara. You have everything in there that you want? That's everything now, yeah. Okay, the uh, veg side of things with this salad. Yeah, so we want lots of nice crunch in this salad now. A few suggestions. You don't have to use all of these, but something nice and crunchy, like a carrot, a cucumber, some celery, even though celery wouldn't be that traditional, but the carrot and the, the cucumber would be. And cut them into little matchstick-shaped pieces. So you can see here, I've got my mandolin here, and I'm just cutting it so that I get that nice little matchstick size piece and it gives you that lovely a master with the knife look at them <laughs> asymmetric all yes. the little slices <laughs> so it's just that they give a lovely crunch when they're cut that way you know and you don't want big kind of lumps in this salad either especially because the rice noodles tend to be very delicate so i'm going to do the same with my cucumber now as well so just what i'm doing my mandolin just I prefer to do it this way where I cut it into long sort of wide slices and then I use my knife to yes. just slice it down. Go and you leave your skin on the cucumber there. Yes, yeah, for this one, yeah. Sometimes I, d I do peel it a lot for other salads, but for this one, I leave it on because I like that bit of crunch from it. Oh, the freshness of the cucumber yeah. at this time of the year. It's beautiful, aren't they? Then I have an avocado and I'm just going to slice my avocado just into little chunks. Yeah. So we have, as you can see here, I've got celery, cucumber, carrot, avocado so i have a little bit of like softness from the avocado but crunch here i've done my spring onions already earlier before you arrived jerry so they're already cut into little matchstick pieces and now this is one of my favorite things to add in i have sugar snap peas here mm. but you see i'm just taking the string off them so just take your knife to the bottom pull the string off and then go around on the other side so that all that stringy bit i love sugar snaps but when people leave the string in just catches in your teeth it's really unpleasant and we don't want that once i've got them done i just like to cut them lengthways and yes. that maintains the nice crunch and then you see the peas in the I center so there, a little yes. cross section of pea there yes this salad like there's no cooking in it but there's a little bit of extra prep just in terms of you're not just chopping things any old way you want to keep that nice long kind of crunchy slices going on and then over to the rice noodles. So they've been soaking there for about five minutes and I'm just going to drain them and let them sit for a minute now and then we'll come back to them in a minute or two again and give them a good squeeze. So I've just given them a really good squeeze and did you see how much water came yes. out there, Jerry? So yes. you need to spend a few minutes on that and it's just, I know I keep saying it, but you'll end up with a very watery salad which you don't yes. want with very little flavour if you don't spend a bit of time on that. So I am going to pop all of my lovely veggies in now, my avocado, my celery, my sugar snaps, my cucumber, carrot and spring onion all going in. And then I have my lovely herbs. So I have loads of mint, which I just grabbed from the garden there, and some coriander as well, all just nicely chopped. And then I have my beautiful dressing. Hold back on the dressing for a minute. So, you know, just put, put maybe half in and then check, toss it all around. And then, you know, it's that whole thing of you don't want it overly kind of overly dressed. And look at those colours, Jerry. Oh, it's just beautiful so it is the contrast the green dominates with the the pale noodles but the lovely carrot and uh, chili in there just yeah. brings it all together it's all it's just i always think this is such a taste of summer even though as i said mm. it's gorgeous in the winter as well mm. so look i'm just going to have a little taste now of some of the noodles just to make sure that they're dressed properly and if i need a bit more dressing on them i can do that so just one sec i think we're good there happy with the level of dressing on that and then if you want 
you can put some toasted cashew nuts on there which is lovely or toasted peanuts but put them on at the very end I'm not doing it today because I'm just keeping everything really nice and light it does make it a little bit heavier if you've got the you know the cashew nuts or the peanuts on there so let's have a taste Jerry a taste of Vietnam and let me get a little bit of everything in here here we go mmm <laughs> This is on my to-do list from today on. Excellent, excellent. And I sometimes I think you're not as into the sort of Thai, Vietnamese type, but that's lovely, isn't it? Oh, it's yeah. absolutely outstanding. It's fresh, it's light, it's summery, it has yeah. a bang of flavours there. Oh, this is just something else. It really is a taste of Vietnam, summertime in Ireland. Tara. Another big hit this summer. Excellent. I'm glad to hear it. And as I say, gorgeous on a side with a barbecue or gorgeous as the main event with some prawns or some chicken or steak with it as well. And the recipes, you'll have them on your Instagram page. Yes, which is Tara Walker Chef. So if you just have a look on to my profile on Tara Walker Chef and if you like and save it, you'll have it then for future reference if you do decide to, um, to have a go at it. Have a go. Make sure you have a go. You will be pleasantly surprised. Until the next time, Tara, thanks a million. Thanks, Jerry. Great to see you as always. I absolutely love that summer salad. I really do. Check it out on Tara Walker's Instagram page and we'll bring you another summer salad from Tara Roundabout this time on Late Lunch next Friday. Now, my next guest spent 2021 in Baymore on the south side of Drogheda County Mead. Thanks to Matthew and Geraldine Stout who were doing a dig there and it was facilitated, of course, by John McCullen and his family. And the exhibition, uh, and we're going to hear what it's all about, opens tomorrow in Drehid Arts Centre and runs until the 3rd of September. And I'm delighted to say the man behind the exhibition joins me. John Sunderland, artist and archaeologist. Welcome to the show. Um, thanks for having me on. Not at all. John, explain, you know, I suppose, an exhibition of art from a dig. Connect the two for me, please. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm an archaeologist and an artist, and I've always been fascinated, really, in the potentials for looking at the, the processes that archaeologists undertake as a source for, for artistic interpretation. Um, and this has really involved me taking the, the actual soils that the archaeologists discard in the process of excavating and using them to make drawings. Um, and that, that has formed the, the basis of the exhibition in um, the Drogheed Art Centre. And you spent your time there each day uh, doing your own thing or did anybody guide you or is it purely your imagination and work? Um, the, 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 it's really based very closely on the, the, um, the medieval archaeology that we were uncovering, okay. um, which is a, um, a beautiful great barn, uh, which the foundation footings are there. Um, and in many ways I was being... A, close to the archaeological process and the archaeology itself in my arts practice and drawing on that heavily um, and also excavating at the same time from time to time. So I'd have this kind of very physical, very um, um, sort of sensual mm. relationship with, the, with the, uh, the landscape itself. And are you bringing together contemporary with ancient history, marrying the two? Is that it? Yes, it is in a sense, but not necessarily the, the historical um, the facts or, or the imagination of what it is like to actually have lived in the medieval period, but rather what it is like to experience that now. Because I believe really that, that um, one of the best ways to actually um, understand and imagine about the past is to actually experience it materially by actually digging 
So when you excavate, that's the point when you're touching the materials that the people in the past actually touched themselves and actually manipulated and changed. And that, that's really fascinating to me. And when, when you actually go through that process, that's when you start to imagine in the space that they were actually in, what it's actually like to have lived in that time. I remember talking to the Stouts around the time it was going on. They were there between 2019 and 2021. You spent 2021 there with them. Uh, what came up from beneath the ground? There were some fascinating finds. Yeah, I actually started there in 2020. Did you? Uh, yeah, I was okay. actually a, um, a supervisor of right. working with a great group of volunteers digging through the moat. And we went down into the moat, and at the base of the moat, we found a uh, medieval fuming pot, which was made in Drogheda. And um, this is a very specific kind of vessel, and um, it, is, it is actually associated with the plague, um, because the, the fuming pot would have been used to create um, aromas and um, that were thought to help in, in warding off the plague. And it is actually thought that this, this uh, Grange actually succumbed to the plague, and that was when the... Uh, the, the settlement ended. Mm. It just shows you what lies beneath and what can uh, be brought up when it's done professionally by people who know what they're at and, and where mm. they are as well. And I know John Cullen always suspected there was a lot beneath the ground there and was delighted, uh, as I said, to facilitate this. So uh, yeah. just as a, as, a, as a teaser for the exhibition, what you mentioned there, is that in the exhibition? You know, what can we expect? What are we going to see? Well, what I've done is I've actually taken the site plan, which is basically, we as, as archaeologists, we cartographically map by hand, drawing every feature that we see. And what I've done is taken that and drawn it directly onto the gallery wall at a huge scale. And I've actually used the archaeological soils and uh, drawn over 10,000 stones, which represent the, the, the foundation of the barn. So mm-hmm. in the gallery, on the gallery wall, is a, uh, an image, a map of the actual barn itself. Yes. Okay, amazing, amazing. So this is opening uh, in uh, Dredda Art Centre tomorrow. What time is the... uh, Four o'clock, is it tomorrow, yeah? Four o'clock, that's right, yeah. Yeah, we should... uh yeah, I'll be there. Matthew and Geraldine will be there and we'll um, be able to answer any questions anyone has and everyone is welcome to come along, have a look at what we've, uh, what we've been doing because this is really a kind of collaborative uh, project. The Bobek project has many strings and I think um, this is just one of them and there's, there's plenty of information available and we'll be willing to chat with anybody. John, wish you well. Thank you for joining me today and good luck with the exhibition over the next month. Opens tomorrow and runs until the 3rd of September at the Drehid Arts Centre and well worth checking out. Coming up after three on Late Lunch, David Sheehan does his sporting thing and I bring the curtain down on a week of Scylla Black and we'll tell you who's won the book, the TV theme and more besides. News, weather and sport on the way but taking us there, it's soft sell. Oh, I love this one and tainted love. Greatest soap character of all time, in your opinion. They've been coming to us all afternoon. Sean Nolan, Talcarona, that's going back a few years. Mina loves Steve McDonald in Coronation Street. Louise mentioned him earlier on. Somebody sent us a picture, Louise, you see that of Miley. Uh, yeah, family taking really nice. Miley as well. Tom Reardon, John 
Cowley has certainly come up. Caroline loved him. She says Reg Holdsworth again. Hilda Ogden, I mentioned on a number of occasions. Sam's been on. Peg, Peggy Mitchell in EastEnders. Yeah, I forgot oh. about her. No, well yeah. done, Sam. Peggy was a big one in, in, indeed there. But you've been looking uh, on social media, or WhatsApp and text. And will I do this? Hold on. Roll of the drums. There are loads of favourites, but yes. I think Jack and Vera just edge it. They've got more. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about that. Jack and Vera Duckworth and Claudia Carroll mentioned them as well earlier on. But most people in our little straw poll here on the show, they were parrot characters, weren't they? They yeah, really they were. were. Did Tyrone live with them? He was close to them, wasn't he, Tyrone? Yeah, I think he lived with them, yeah. And there was a greyhound, I remember, involved yeah. himself. See that? And the son was uh, right bowsy, wasn't oh, he? Oh, yeah. Oh, listen. He, Terry... Terry, that's it, yeah. Telling you, where is it coming fan, from? Jerry. Where is it coming you don't from? Don't be watching the golf at all. In you watch all of the soaps. <laughs> Excuse me. On reruns. I must, I must sleepwalk at night <laughs> and go down and put the telly on or something like that. That it's all in there and it's all oozing out today. Anyway, thank you to everybody who joined in the fun, Louise. If you have a TV theme, which you told everybody about earlier in the week. Will you play it there? You're not going to sing it for us, Jerry. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not going to sing it. Please <laughs> play it, play it. Go on, get me off the hook. Dun, 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 dun. I can't sing it. Yes, Crossroads, of course, and brings back memories to many people as well. Sharon Wynn, well done to you. We send you out our wee gift this afternoon as the winner of our TV theme competition on this Friday afternoon. Thanks to everybody again who was in touch with us. And I have Claudia Carroll's book to give away, her new book called The Love Algorithm. It's a cracker and it's going to be top of the pops in the bestsellers charts. And what I was asking or what I did ask you today, who did Claudia Carroll play in A Fair City? She played Nicola Prendergast. And again, thank you all. Only one book, one winner. Catherine Rafferty, well done to you. The book is yours. Enjoy. And it's winging its way to you in the next while time for our Artist of the Week. I bring the curtain down on Miss Scylla Black today. And Scylla owned a holiday home in the town of Estepona in Spain where she loved spending time. She actually adored Andalusia and the south of Spain. And sadly, it was there seven years ago on the 1st of August uh, 2015. She died, died tragically at the age of 72. She fell in her home, but a subsequent autopsy showed that uh, she died from a stroke after the fall. It was actually the stroke that killed her then. And... Uh, she was living, and I don't think our fan base really knew this, Scylla was living with the debilitating condition rheumatoid arthritis for years and had confessed to a friend shortly before her passing that she believed that death was approaching. Wasn't that something else? Did she foresee something? Tributes flowed from the great and good for Scylla, who was, as Jimmy Tarbuck, her lifelong friend, reflected the quintessential girl next door, who everybody loved. And I think that just summed up Scylla Black. It did indeed. So today, as we sign off on a week of Scylla, let's remember her with this one from 1971, a big, big hit for the lass from Liverpool. The Late Lunch Artist of the Week. Artist of the Week. 
something's gonna happen tonight. I read in the papers that Jim and I people will make it tonight. Stars will be shining, my signs aligning with love. So come on and make it, let's take everything that we've been dreaming of. Yes, Scylla Black, the wonderful Scylla Black. What a beautiful singer she was. What a wonderful voice. And as I was saying during the week, you know, her TV appearances on Surprise, Surprise, Blind Date. She was huge in the 80s and 90s and beyond. But really, as a singer, she did make her mark in the 60s and 70s. Yes, my artist of the week this week, Miss Scylla Black. And I'll bring you a new artist or artist of the week on the show beginning on Monday. Up next, uh, it's our final break of the day. And as usual, looking ahead to a busy weekend in sport with us is David Sheehan. Lots of sport, limited time. Hello, David Sheehan. Kerry, how are you? I'm really good. Thanks for joining me again on the show. Let's crack on. League of Ireland tonight. Dundalk face Derry in Oriel Park. This is a big game. Huge game, yeah. Second beat third. Dundalk unbeaten at home all season. They've played, ten, played 12, won 10 uh, and drawn two. Interestingly though, Derry have the best away record in the league. They've got 26 points in 12 games, so they won't fear going to Oriel Park. They met on the open night of the season there in February. February It was a two-all draw. Wouldn't bet against the draw there again tonight, maybe one-all this evening. It's, it's very little to be t- between the two sides. Maybe Dundalk will sneak the win, but if you had to put me to the pin of my collar, Jerry, I'd probably uh, go for a draw on that one again. But it's you know it's going to be really interesting. Derry obviously looking to, to push on and maybe clinch second place. We'd have to say it's going to be, you'd imagine Shamrock Rovers to win the league, so really mm. a battle for second there. I'm going to go for a draw on that one but I think it's going to be a really interesting really exciting game You're in Ballybuffet this evening uh, Finn Harps dropping to the bottom of the table after uh, UCD's draw with Drawhead on Monday I was up hadn't been up in weeks went to see them against Athlone and again against UCD they should have been out of sight against UCD uh, This game tonight you know you'd have to say they have a cushion but you know if they lost it they might start looking over their shoulder Drawhead yeah, I don't think they will lose it though, Jerry. To be honest, I saw them against. I mean, I've seen them every game this season pretty much. They were they were very good away to Rovers uh, a couple of weeks ago. Now, albeit Rovers were in the middle of a kind of a, a European run that time. They had a game at home or a game away against Ludogorets before they played Drogheda, and then they had the home leg coming after the Drogheda game. So maybe they took their eye off the ball. But Drogheda haven't haven't gone away to anybody this season and tried to come away with the draw. You know, they've gone at it. They tried to get the win. Harps have lost a few players in the in the transfer window as well. They lost the likes of Yo Madi. They've lost Bastianeri. Uh, and they look they look like they're in a little bit of disarray this season. It, I don't see that last kind of end of the season kick coming from them this time around. I think Drogheda will be go, will go up there. They've been fairly defensively solid the last little while, and I think Drogheda will will come away with all three points in that one. There you go. Well, uh, both games on LMFM Radio Online, lmfm.ie. Adrian Taff in Oriel Park and David Sheehan in Ballybuffet this evening to follow the action. I want to leave soccer for a minute and just go to GAA. I'll come back to soccer before the end. Um, let's look at the weekend in GAA. And uh, first, the Loud Senior Hurling Championship, St. Fekins taking on Knockbridge. This is the third time they've met in the final 2021, now 22. And it's even Stephen, David. 
Yeah, not Bridge won in 2020 and, and Feckins won in 2021. And interestingly, this is uh, Feckins' eighth final in a row. They're, they're seeking they're just their fourth title. So they haven't really uh, gotten an even break out of those finals that they've been in so far. So uh, I think it's going to be a very tight one, as you mentioned, the one, one win each in the last couple of years. I think Feckins will do it this time around. Obviously, not Bridge. Uh, you know, have had the 13th, they're going for the 13th title. They've had a few more over the years than, than Feckins have. But I think Feckins haven't won it last year. I'm just going to give them the nod. Look, it's, it's a toss of a coin. I was listening to Colm's preview during the week and, and reading some of the stuff about it. Nobody can really call it clearly one way or the other. But I'm just going to go for Feckins. Given the week that's in it with me doing the two in a row, maybe the Feckins can do the two in a row as well. They'll be delighted, Chairman Feckin Way, listening to you uh, tip them uh, for the title. Now, in me, you're uh, actually covering the two big games on Sunday. Um, O'Mahony against Trim. Now, what's wrong with Navin O'Mahony's? Tell me, please. That is the question, Jerry. I was having this conversation with a few people recently. As people might have seen, they finished rock bottom of Division 1 in the league. 11, 11 games and 11 defeats. And, you know, it's it's a sad state of affairs, really. And in terms of Mead football as a whole, Jerry, you look at the Mead teams over the years that have been successful. In the 80, late 80s, 87, 88, you had David Beggy, you had Joe Castles, you had Donald Smith, who was goalkeeper. Uh, in the 1990 season was on the panel for a number of years there even into the 2000s when Mead weren't like at their at their best or winning All-Irelands but they got to a couple of All-Ireland semi-finals and they were backboned by the likes of Kevin Riley and Niall McCaig mm. and Conor McGuinness Stephen Bray famously the last Mead All-Star in 2007 so Mead teams when they've been going well have always had a handful of O'Mahony's players in there and at the minute to, to my knowledge there isn't any O'Mahony's player on the panel and hasn't been for a number of years I, I don't know what's gone on in the club for the last maybe 10-15 years that, that, that kind of experience and all those older guys that were there for so many years and won those senior titles you know relegated intermediate in the early 2000s came back won a few seniors again but all those guys have kind of gone now and what's coming through doesn't seem to be anything like the standard required to play senior football so it's probably a wider discussion in terms of what's happened a club from the biggest town in the county that have had so much success over the years to fall on such hard times and I think they're going to be in for a tough afternoon on Sunday as I said 11 defeats out of 11 in Division uh, in division 1 in the league trim uh, into the league final in Division 2 intermediate champions from last year they'll be flying high so I think Sunday could be a really difficult afternoon for Mahoney's but the broader question is in terms of what's happened in the club that's, that's seen them fall so far mm. I guess is a, is a question for another day but uh, it's, it's, it's definitely worrying from a wider perspective in the yeah, football you know Yeah it certainly is and the other match just a word on that Gail Column Kill taking on Dunhamore Ashbourne yeah, two kind of perennial challengers. Dunhamore Ashford maybe feel they've underachieved in recent times. They came close a few years ago to winning the senior, didn't quite get over the line. Gail Column Kill knocking on the door as hard as anyone ever has, getting the semi finals, getting the finals, losing in heartbreaking circumstances from their point of view to our thought a couple of years ago. Um, that's going to be a really interesting game as well. Gail Column Kill under new management, Lar Wall is gone, so they'll be hoping to, to get things going again and have a good crack at it. And don't be surprised if they're in the, the last four and even in the final this year. Now back to soccer in the Premier League. The big kickoff tonight: Arsenal at Crystal Palace. We'll see how the fancy dance from uh, uh, North London fare out when they go into the Lions Den. I don't really want to talk about that. We'll see what happens uh, later tonight. But uh, let's just quickly say uh, the top four. Who are your top four in order from champions to fourth, please? Well, Jerry, um, we can hold on to this and listen back at the end of the season. Yes. I'm going to go for City. City to win it. Liverpool second. Arsenal in third. They'll make they'll make a fool of me later on, no doubt. And Spurs for fourth. So I'm going for I'm going for City, <laughs> City, Liverpool, Arsenal, and Spurs for the top four. And relegation. Really hard to call. I mean, I've read a lot of previews this week. Any one of ten teams, or any three of ten teams, could be in the mix. I think Fulham and Bournemouth. Most people seem to be nailed on for those two to go down. Bournemouth, I think, are going to really struggle. Fulham, likewise. And then the third spot. You know, you could have Everton. You could even have Leicester, Nottingham Forest, Leeds. 
I'm going to go for Southampton. I just think that things aren't quite right there at the minute. They they, they may struggle for goals. Hassan Hootel mightn't stay around too long. Uh, I'm going to go for Southampton. So Southampton, Bournemouth and Fulham to go down for me. Well, we'll exchange notes at the end of the year. I'll pin me colours to the mask. Liverpool to be champions. City runners up. Spurs third. Arsenal fourth. I'll just stick them in there and fourth. And to go down, I agree with you. Fulham, Bournemouth... I think Leeds could be in a bit of bother, but we'll see. Anyway, that's there's our predictions. We'll come back to them at the end of the season. David, safe journey to Bally Buffet this evening with the drugs. And thank you so much, as always, for joining us on the show. Thanks, Jerry. Take care. That's David Sheehan there, our presenter of Sunday Sport, who'll be in Park Talton himself uh, covering those games on Sunday. O'Mahony's trim, Gail Column-Kill, Tunnamore Ashbourne. And again, reminding you, uh, the, the League of Ireland games, Dundalk and Drogheda, on lmfm.ie tonight. And Premier League games. Yes, Premier League live here tomorrow. You can listen to three games on lmfm.ie or the LMFM app. That's our lot on Late Lunch for another week. Thank you all for joining us every day. We really do appreciate your company on Late Lunch's LMF, Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Uh, we want to say a big thank you as well to our guests who joined us all the week and our contributors to the show. And my thanks to Louise Walsh. I couldn't do this without her. And she certainly prompted something in me for sure. I must be a Closet curry fan. I'm going to have to get somebody to analyse me about this. But there you have it. Anyway, have a lovely weekend. I think the weather's to be fair enough. Take care of yourselves. Enjoy and do come back and join us for a brand new week of Late Lunch Monday at 1.30. Stay with us here on LMFM Radio because Eddie Caffrey is on the way. You can't miss him. Fantastic stuff over the next couple of hours coming your way. Take care of yourselves. See you Monday. LMFM Podcasts with CNC Carpets. We bring the showroom to you or book a new showroom appointment on 087 660 4237. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now, imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.